You're listening to Weekend Joe, driven by Munganat St. Louis Acura here on ClabesOnline.com. The fun and games start after this. At St. Louis Acura and Alden Toyota, we are proud of our dedication to service, and we continue to serve our community. From now until December 12th, bring a new unwrapped toy from Marine Corps Reserve, Toys for Tots, to support 323 Marines, who in 2020 collected toys for over 78,000 children. Drop off at either St. Louis Acura or Alden Toyota. St. Louis Acura and Alden Toyota becoming better than ever for you. The weekend just got more entertaining. It's Weekend Joe on Claves Online, driven by Munganast. St. Louis Acura. Hear from some of the big names in St. Louis and national sports every weekend. And now, here's Joe Roderick and me, I'm Andy Hanselman. Hey, welcome on in. It's another edition of Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura, Munganass Alton Toyota, here on ClavesOnline.com. It's our first show of December. I'm Joe Roderick, joined alongside by Andy Hanselman. Andy, hello. Joe, how is it December already? I, You know what? It was 74 today, and I went outside and I ran five miles. I'm in a tank, in a tank top. I'm still wearing that tank top, Andy. I haven't showered since I ran. Uh, went out and ran five miles. Uh, so I'm just sitting here wearing uh, sweaty clothes. You, you look fantastic, Joe. I'm glad to be able to see you. Thank you. The uh, yeah, the power of video in yeah. our recording. My, so I, I'm still working on my my light balance on my camera. It's still pretty dark in here. You need a lot of light there. I, I can tell you right now you need maybe a ring, maybe one of those light rings in front of you. I, I have so the lights in, I, I have the brightest lights throughout my entire house. Uh, I, I just went and got new lights for the, the front porch and the driveway. Yeah. And these things are, I, I have the brightest driveway in in my entire neighborhood i could go outside and play a one-on-one basketball game tonight out there with uh with ease due to the lights the bright lights i believe it's 1650 lumens 1650 lumens out there which i don't know it's a it's a lot of lumens that i uh that i got out there uh because and you know what i i like having it out there because my, my car is parked in the driveway so I, I like having the extra lights out there in case the ring camera needs to pick up any uh, any any kids out there, you know, making poor decisions. Any scoundrels, yeah, and ne'er do wells. Which uh, do you have? Uh, I, I know you really don't live like in a in a neighborhood per se, but do you have a Facebook group that you're in for like the area that you live in? No. Okay, so we do. We we then my neighborhood has a, has a page like that, to where I I think the majority of the posts there are two small white dogs in the neighborhood that tend to get out of their backyard at least once a week, and majority of the posts are pictures of those dogs being out of their backyard with people asking who these dogs belong to. So that's that's the majority of the posts in in this neighborhood page. Uh, but last week. 
a, a woman in the neighborhood posted that three teens knocked on her door at 11 p.m. and ran away. <clears throat> Just knocked, ran. That was it. They they didn't they they didn't leave anything. They didn't vandalize anything. They were just teenagers being dumbass teenagers, knocking yeah. on doors in the middle of the night and running away. I can't say what we used to call that back in the day, but now it's called, it's called ding dong ditching. It, it, yeah, and I, I was gonna call it that, but since they didn't ring the doorbell, I didn't know exactly if that if that mattered. So I think it still qualifies. Okay, so that's what they were, that's what they did. So the woman just posted on there saying, hey, you know, let's let's not do this. I, you know, it's me and my child and, you know, let's, you know, let, let's not make, you know, stupid mistakes. Okay, kids, I guess one of the kids came and apologized to her, to the house and apologized for doing it. Okay. Well, as as you know, these neighborhood pages tend to be filled with people who will maybe escalate situations or maybe have uh, countering views than uh, than you and I might have. Joe, that doesn't make any sense at all. They're usually very, very well-thought-out responses. Especially not, on Facebook, yes. Not spinach in racism or yeah. predetermined stereotypes right. or anything of that matter. It so, very, very reasonable people. So this one guy who uh, Mark McCluskey looking looking uh, fellow oh. in the uh, in the neighborhood, <laughs> perfect. He, perfect yeah, analogy. He, it it is because he posts a uh, he he posted on the uh, on the page that if the kids were really uh, I'm gonna find it because I took a screenshot of it. Andy is uh, because I, I passed it around to uh, to friends. Because I just thought it was so incredibly just, I mean, crazy that he that he wrote this. He first wrote, they're lucky someone didn't come outside with a gun and start shooting. Oh, nice. Which, okay, 11 p.m. is very late at night to be knocking on random doors and running away. I also don't think, if you don't have a camera, I don't think the initial response should be to open your door and just start firing bullets. That's correct. Um, he then went to add on that if the kids were truly apologetic, they would turn themselves into the police. The police. Now, mind you, all these kids did was knock on a door and run away. Right. Could you imagine these three teenagers walking into a police station in Belleville, Illinois, and saying, officers, I would like to turn myself in. And, you know, a guy is sitting there doing desk duty, says, well, son, what, uh, what, what terrible crime did you commit that you're turning yourself in? Terrible crime. <clears throat> I knocked on somebody's door at 11 p.m. and I ran away. I don't even know what, I, I don't even know what charge that would be. I imagine, some, I imagine you would. I would imagine you would piss off a police officer more by going to a station. Without question. <laughs> Without question. And this is I'm where. About, so in, in, in the past, so I used to have a friend that lived across the street from me. And he and I would make a point to comment back to these people 
and make comments, and he and I would both gain, gang up and, and make comments when people posted stupid things like that. It's similar situations, and I don't have that anymore because they moved away, so I just kind of have to keep my uh, keep my mouth shut on those situations. That's really unfortunate that you don't have a friend you can like bounce ideas off of. <laughs> I really, I just wanted to play it out and be like, all right, let's, let's say these kids got away without you opening your door and firing shots at them. You want them to go down to the police station and say, officer, cuff me, cuff, take me in. I really want to know what the guy would say. I really, I I really want you to respond and try and try and get a response out of him. Joe, you're, Joe, you're a wordsmith. You're, you're a. You're, uh, you have command of the English language. <laughs> Everything I do. It, I mean, it would just come off as me being just a total asshole. That's it all it would wouldn't. be. I don't think it would. I, 100% would come off as me being no, an asshole. that guy's an asshole. You saying, what good is these three kids turning themselves into the cops going to do? Right. So fact, you want to shoot them. Exactly. That, that really makes sense. So, yeah, that that was one of the things that I I, I dealt with or I, I had going on in my neighborhood this uh, this weekend uh, or this week. This weekend, Andy, I am um, heading down. Uh, be maybe by the time people are listening to this show, as it gets posted in the morning, I'm going to be heading down to San Antonio for uh, for the weekend. I'm running my very last race of 2021, Andy. And I cannot wait to just shut it down for the uh, for the rest of the year, not run anymore, and uh, just try to rest my uh, my body. You should really just change your name to Forrest Gump. From that, Andy, day I've on, run less this year than I did last year. From that day on, where I was going, I was running. <clears throat> yeah, I've run less this year than I did last year. Yeah. So, well, uh, I've heard that San Antonio is a wonderful little city. Uh, full marathon, half marathon. What are we doing? Just a half. We're, we're just a half Sunday morning, leaving Sunday night, flying in, uh, flying in Friday afternoon, yep. and uh, um, going to uh, be staying right near the Riverwalk and enjoying a uh, a nice little weekend getaway. Seventy degree temperatures down in a. Uh, yeah. Down in the heart of Texas, and Andy, a good friend of mine, Stu Myrick, is going to be uh, driving down to uh, to come see me on Sunday. So That's nice of him. Yeah, he he lives up in Austin, and it's not too far of a drive. Haven't seen him since the uh, Miami Super Bowl in February of 2020. So almost two years without seeing Stu. Yeah. And I said, you know what? Hey, I'm going to be, you know, a short drive. Why don't you come on down and we'll hang out Sunday before I fly home? And he's uh, he's going to do that. So I remember Stu. Stu's a great guy. Oh, we'll be staying with him uh, coming up in a uh, in about nine weeks as we head to uh, Los Angeles for the uh, for the Super Bowl week there so we uh we got a house with Stu for the uh for the week and i mean there'll be a lot of broadcasting going on there's a lot of broadcasting from that i hope so got got my first email today asking if i was uh if i was going so um i've gotten that i've got a text from somebody so you you heard from our buddy braun I haven't, but he lives there. I mean, he lives out in that uh, in yeah. that area, so I imagine he will be there. 
and uh, he will have he he's got a whole like empire going right now. Oh, does he really? <clears throat> yeah, he has a huge uh, podcast empire going. So uh, it's a uh, it is uh, really something that has exploded over the uh, the past few years, and he usually has quite a few people out there on Radio Row doing uh, work for him. So he is uh, he has come a long long way in the past uh, past few years. So plenty to talk about with that. We'll get into more NFL stuff oh, yeah. when we get to our picks here in just a uh, just a bit. So we'll, uh, we'll we'll circle back to some of the NFL talk and maybe get into some of the college football talk as well. Um, but yeah, the the color scheme this week Andy on on the graphic for the yep. uh, for the show, uh, we are going to uh, we're, we're paying tribute to the old school logo of the San Antonio Spurs. Oh, okay. with uh, with this one, are you uh, you familiar with the uh, the color scheme that I'm talking about? Yeah, the black and silver one from back in the '90s. No, 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 Andy. There, I'm talking about the blue, the orange, and the pink logo. Oh. That, uh, yeah, yeah, we're talking like starter jacket type logo uh, stuff that that they throw into uh, that that they threw into there. So found that God, I really really wished that there was a uh that there was a spurs game this weekend that i could uh i could go to when i was did there the, did they play at the alamo dome oh, no, they play no. AT Center. uh sbc at&t whatever that is uh there's okay. andy there's the uh there's the color scheme for uh for this week hang on i'm not on it oh oh that looks it's right there on the, in the main screen right, and it has yeah it has the uh the alamo on it i did put the alamo on it yeah i did Joe, uh, are you going to go on a tour and check out the basement of the Alamo? I don't think I am, Andy. I don't think uh, I don't think I need to find Pee Wee Herman's bike, so I don't think that's something I will uh, I will be doing this uh, this weekend. Disappointed in you. I, you know what? I, I plan on walking by there and taking a picture. I, I guess I don't think it takes very long because it's not a very big place. Right. That's why I just need a picture. But I mean, Joe, that's one of our national treasures. Is it? I mean, I, I know, you know, I know a lot happened there. Would you consider that a national treasure? I would. I would. Okay. All right. Yeah, the uh, the game by the, uh, the Spurs are in on a West Coast road trip right now. They ah. uh, they aren't back home till December 7th. Uh, where, man, I mean, tickets as low as six bucks to get in there. My goodness. To go to that the game? Is, yeah, to go to the game on Tuesday against the Knickerbockers. Why don't you hang out for a couple days? I no, I'm I'm coming I'm coming home and I'm shutting it down. I'm gonna take a nice eight weeks off of just doing nothing. After this race, the next one I'm doing is going to be the day before the Super Bowl in LA. Oh, I I figured you had a uh you, you would do a race around then. Yeah. Found one in Santa Clarita, which is like a thirty five minute drive from uh from LA. So Santa Clarita. <clears throat> Yeah, so I figured just, you know, not drink one night on Friday night and then wake up early, run that on Saturday, and uh, and be done with it. Yeah. So that'll be the uh, the plan not there. Drink on Friday night? That's, kind of, that's a big night, Joe. It is, but I, I can still go. I didn't say I'm you know, staying in. Like, I'm going to go out. I'm just not going to drink. All right. <clears throat> yeah, so well, that's good. You as can, simple you as can that. Be the, you can be the DD. Yeah. So finally, I mean, this last so last weekend, I mean, I have a playlist that I kind of go to every uh, every run, and uh, that was uh, that was very apparent this uh, this week because 
Andy, I am uh, the the Spotify playlist came out. I love the end of year Spotify wrap up. One of my favorite things of the year. Are you ever surprised by it? No. I had a uh, a surprise appearance in mine this week. Did you? I did. So, I first off, I'm talking I'm talking song. My number one song shocked the hell out of me. <clears throat> I saw your list, Andy. Right? I uh and I saw so surprisingly my number one was not the same as your number one. I'm very surprised by that. Your number one was Luke Combs. He was my number two. Who was your number one? My number one is the chief, Eric Church. Oh, really? He came out with a, uh, a he came out, remember, with the triple album this year, Heart and Soul? Yes. So I think him coming out with that and him just having more overall songs, I think barely put him over uh Luke Combs. I would love to know just how close they were. Could you is there a way to tell how close your number 1 and 2 are? I'm looking, Joe. I was going to say I know it's only available like in the app. It is the only place you could find your wrapped uh settings. All right, so if you Google Spotify listening stats, yeah, there is a site that is, if you log in with your Spotify account, it will. Uh, let's see here. It'll tell you. It'll tell you what's going on. So here, hang on a minute here. I'm. I mean, I'm doing it right now. I found the the same site that you uh, that you got, and I'm I'm logging in right now. So I, I guess I mean this has you can do last month, last six months, or all time is is how you can how you could do this so in just my last month uh my top artist was taylor swift have you been listening to taylor's version of of that one song yes of red her red album so all time luke combs is my all time with my top song being my favorite luke combs song so it doesn't surprise me at all that uh, that that would be the uh, the case. In fact, Andy, five uh, four of my top five all time songs are Luke Combs songs, with number three being an Eminem song. Oh wow! All right, so here we mm-hmm. go. I'm uh, getting logged in. Uh, last oh, just the last six months, my uh, top artist was Vitamin String Quartet because of a ton of weddings. Ah, that makes sense. So I used the Spotify to play uh, Vitamin String Quartet. Uh, my top track, Watermelon Sugar. Hi. I know that's Harry Styles, but I don't know what the song sounds like. Oh, you Oh, you would if I... Would I? Okay. Oh, yeah. I, I don't listen to much pop, uh, top 40 stuff right now, so... I'd be shocked if you didn't know this song. Okay. Here, I got to pot it up. <laughs> Come on. All right. So, uh, but your top, I mean, I mean, those, none of those songs are Luke Combs songs. So 
how in the world are you getting uh, how is Luke Combs well, your number one? Well, hang on a minute here. Uh number four is Hurricane. Uh let's see here. Yeah, that's uh I'm I'm surprised by uh by that so uh but yeah as, as i was mentioning my so eric church is my number one luke combs my number two brantley gilbert my number three green day my number four and taylor swift my number five so my top five there's no surprises in that top five at all as far as artists go no none <clears throat> the surprise comes which by the way then my top songs brain stew but number two is brain stew by green day number three is she got the best of me number four is refrigerator door number five is sinners like me so uh, you're looking at green day luke combs eric church there my number one song though is a song by an artist named priscilla block okay the song is wish you were the whiskey which is hudson's favorite song yeah so my uh, the uh, hit the Alexa in his room is connected to my Spotify. <clears throat> so ah. when he has Alexa play songs in his room, um, that's what happens. So between that song and between Dan and Shay's "Steal My Love," I'm very I would I would not be surprised one bit if "Steal My Love" made its way into number six on that top five list. Joe, I'm a little embarrassed by my number one song of all time. What is your number one song of all time? Guilty featuring Barry Gibb by Barbra Streisand. Is that a wet? Is that because of the weddings or? I don't know. I don't know. I know I like the song. I didn't realize that I listened to it so much that it was my number one top track of all time. Yeah. I find that very hard to believe. Over the last six months, my number uh, one through five of tracks are Watermelon Sugar, Sitting Next to Me by Foster the People, Into the Great Wide Open, Tom Petty, uh, Hurricane, Luke Combs, and You'll Be Back from Bra- uh, from Hamilton. Oh, yeah, the, that's uh, the, the thing that the king sings, right? The king sings, yes. I did see so Hamilton tickets at the Fox are on sale right now, right? They are. But they're like almost damn near sold out, right? I believe so. I don't think there's many left. I don't I mean I've watched that so many times on Disney Plus, I don't know if I want to go see it at the theater. I've seen it quite a few times too. Because also like you're not getting the cast that's there at that was on Broadway doing it there. That's correct. So is it worth it? I, I think don't know. I think it would be different to see it in person. I don't. Know, it's it's a it's something that I um. I, I am debating on right now. You better make up your mind pretty quick. I know. I think I am leaning towards no on uh, yeah. on that one. It, yeah, I I am. I'm I'm just. It's, I mean, if the if the original people aren't there, it's 
it has nothing. I'm not anti theater or anything. I'm just, you know, it's not something that I, I feel like I want to, uh, I want to do. So I, I told you this but on uh, thanks. Speaking of theater, not just kind of a little uh, digression. We didn't talk about it beforehand, but I went to go see Nikki Glazer at the uh, Westport Funny Bone on Thanksgiving. How was that? I know people are hit and miss on her. Boy, Joe, she really talks about her vag and her ass a lot. I a know. Lot. I I, lot, I hear lot, lot. I hear her stuff on Netflix as a joke radio. So she her the entire premise of the first act of her show, and she's and believe it or not, she was trying out stuff for her HBO special was the fact that you had gone down on your mom because you came out of her vagina. Jeez. I'm and she went on and on and on about this. Now, there are some very funny moments of the show. She's a very, very funny person. She's obviously crazy talented, you know. Right. But there's just, I mean, I, I, it's just, it's like Amy Schumer light and it's, it, it was just okay for me. It was entertaining. The, going, going to the funny bone or any comedy club for, for, for me is always a very, very fun thing to do. I always enjoy it. I always see the great Tim Convy open up somewhere. He's always the opening act. And then uh, they had a couple other guys from St. Louis, um, that were there were warm up acts as well. Some of some. Who'd you uh, say it was? Who was uh? Who was part of that? Tim Convy opened up. Oh yeah, I like Tim. Yeah, Tim and Tim I uh, we were yeah. Tim and I were on one of the uh, one of the River City Rascal uh, celebrity softball uh, yeah. teams together, and he, uh, we uh, he, yeah we we've you know through that I haven't talked to him in a few years now, but anytime I do see Tim, uh, I think we were in a suite at a Cardinal game once together, but yeah, I really, Tim's one of those guys. I feel like I keep wanting to get Tim on the show to, uh, to just have him on because I know he's been traveling around a lot doing the comedy thing. That That's when I'm, I'm going to get him on soon. I'm going to get him on before the end of the year. You should. He's, yeah. uh, I know he's not doing any morning radio right now, so he's, uh, he's not under contract by anybody. So yeah. And there is also there is a, a kid from St. Louis that hosts a show on E. And okay. I and I can't think of the name of the show or his name. So that's really helpful. However, it's so helpful. I know, but he was he was very very funny. His funniest joke was he walks up he goes, "Well, unless you're uh, deaf and blind, I'm gay." <laughs> <laughs> and then. He goes, when I came out to my dad, you know, he was worried. He says, uh, you know, he goes, did I, you know, did I do anything during your childhood to, to make you, you know, to make you gay? He goes, no, not at all. He says, but you did make me a bottom. <laughs> Jesus. God. <laughs> and then he said, his dad was actually in the audience for the show. And he looks nice. over his dad and he says, you didn't spank me enough, you little bitch. <laughs> Jesus. It was really funny. Uh, I know a few of those people are uh, are friends with uh, the Ridge Show, Andy, and I know you as well are uh, friends with uh, with the guys over there at the uh, at the Ridge Show. Uh, Ridge Show and Glory Pro Wrestling are putting on a show this week. It is December two Riz member. To benefit Operation Food Search, the uh, the tickets have been on sale. Front row sold out last month. I mean, front row sold out 
be uh, before their November show was over with. Uh, so those are all gone. There still are general admission tickets available. Um, the, it, on here, it does say general admission $20. Kids tickets are $30. I, Andy, that's wrong. Kids tickets are not $30. They're not. Uh, they are, the, the kids tickets do not cost more than than any other tickets, I believe. Oh, okay. The kid tickets. I, I'm texting Corey right now with that to ask him, why it uh why it says that <laughs> on there uh because that is not the case uh but Andy this week so they have on this uh on this card they have um the the main event is the walking weapon Josh Alexander coming in uh, once again from Impact Wrestling to take on Mike Outlaw that's the main event Mike Outlaw is the Crown of Glory ch- champion you then have, which was announced, I guess, on the Riz show um, Thursday morning, you have the gunslinger Matt Fitchett, who has just been causing havoc. He just has been randomly showing up at events, Andy, and demanding matches. Yeah. Uh, he's going up against crowd favorite Warhorse. Warhorse rules ass. Uh, so that's, and I guess, Andy, they are having a, uh, they're going to have, the uh, um, Riz Show Championship. Um, I don't know if there's a belt or some or what, but this match is for the Riz Show Championship. And then Andy, finally, the the big thing, the the big selling point of this. Andy in attendance, and available for meet and greets and pictures. And I can't imagine he's just going to sit back and watch the entire show. I imagine he'll get involved, Andy. Big Papa Pump Scott Steiner will be there. No. Big Papa, the big booty daddy, Scott Steiner, will be there. Wow. Well, yeah. that's incredible, Joe. I uh, Have I told you my Scott Steiner story? No. First off, so the last time I, I I've, I've had a few conversations with Scott Steiner. Scott Steiner used to own a Shoney's down in uh, down in Georgia, outside of Atlanta. That's what he was doing. He was making wrestling appearances, and he ran a Shoney's. Uh, first time I met him was with Animal at WrestleCade in West Winston-Salem, North Carolina. It was the weekend of Michigan-Ohio State. Andy, Scott Steiner went to Michigan. James Laurinaitis went to Ohio State. Oh, boy. Right. So the two of them, oh, they had stuff to talk about. This was also when Michigan was just getting the shit kicked out of them by Ohio State year in and year out uh, until they changed that last week. So it wasn't so much, you know, it wasn't so much trash talk. It was, hey, Ohio State won again. Ha ha. Uh, yeah. and, then, and then Scott Steiner complaining about how lazy his employees were at the uh, Shoney's. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so, Andy, fast forward. Uh, about six months to Nolens, Louisiana, mm-hmm. where I am down there for WrestleMania. Andy, I am in a shuttle with Animal, Brutus the Barber Beefcake, mm-hmm. uh, the living legend Larry Zabisco, and Scott Steiner. Okay. Now, if you're not familiar with Scott Steiner's backstory... He is banned from all WWE events 
for oh. comments that he made about Hulk Hogan. Okay. Andy, I had an extra ticket in my pocket to uh, WrestleMania. <laughs> huh. in, the, in the shuttle going back to the hotel, Animal asks, who are you going there with? And I said, I don't know. I said, I, I go, I know I'm, I'm going to meet a friend up there. When it, when it was Stu that I was going to meet up there. I was like, but I, I got an extra ticket. And I turned to Scott Steiner and I said, want to go with? Yeah. <laughs> Everybody in the shuttle then proceeded to try to convince Scott Steiner to go to WrestleMania with me. Oh, I bet. <laughs> Unfortunately, he did not. <laughs> but just the the balls it took for me to just say to him, "Hey, yeah. you should come with me." <laughs> you should come with absolutely. That's not knowing, not knowing what he would say. <laughs> um, I did text Corey. By the way, I texted him the uh, thing with the kids' tickets on it. Yes. And I said, zoom in on the kids' prices, and Corey replied, crap. <laughs> <laughs> so the kids' tickets are not $30. Kids' tickets are $10. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes, if you are listening to this, do not pay $30 for your child to go uh, to go there. Well um, but yeah, that's uh, so that's this week. I, I'm going to miss it. I hate that I'm missing it. Andy, uh, the latest Glory Pro video that I shot that is up on Twitter right now. Um, once again, I say this for a lot of these videos, some of my best work, some of my best acting work that I have, uh, that I've done in, uh, in this video, just my facial expressions and my, my turn to, to see the person walking onto the screen. If you watch it, I feel like it, that this is another one of those videos that should get me a, a job nationally somewhere um, cutting promos like this. Oh, I mean, it, it has to be just like right on your doorstep, Joe. I, I mean, I, I the, the man in question, the man walks into the screen. The man, Andy, is easily six foot eight, if not taller. Yeah. And I feel the presence of somebody and I turn to look. And most of the glory pro wrestlers like I see eye to eye with. So I turn to look at this gentleman, Xavier Walker, and I look right at his chest. And then I slowly look up to see just how large of a man is standing in front of me. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it, it took about eight takes. Uh, not my, not because of me, not because of me, but uh, no. it, it took it took no. some work. It took some work to uh, to knock that one out for uh, for that. So. It was a uh, it was a bit of a rough one, uh, but hey, anyway, yeah. So the Glory Pro this weekend, go! You're gonna have a great time. Their next show's not until February, uh, which I'm also not gonna be able to go to either. It's uh, the next show's February sixth, so I'm not gonna be able to go to that one. So I'm a little uh, bummed about that. So I uh, we'll we'll have to do. We're gonna do something. I'm gonna get do something to make it up and uh, do some sort of work for the uh the folks at glory pro over the next few months andy i uh by the way have i have i mentioned who's on the show today i know i've been rambling here for about a half yeah, an been, hour we've been talking a lot and i i would did not uh i did not ask you andy howard balzer on the uh on the show today the h-man speaking of rambling 
That's yeah. You know what? Hey, the man. Uh, we we go about thirty five minutes with it. It's uh, but it's good shit. So that just two of your questions. <laughs> Andy, we talk current NFL. We talk playoffs. We talk about its job. We we talk about the Rams lawsuit. We cover everything in the uh, in the thirty five minutes with the H man. And it had been uh, it had been too long since I had talked with him, so I needed to yeah. uh, I needed to get him on for uh, I, for that. I tease I tease Howard because I love Howard. I think Howard is a a, a true gem in the broadcasting and the uh, in the world of the National Football League. Another person that we will be uh, hanging out with and uh, staying with down in uh, in L.A. So uh, um, we'll look forward to seeing him there uh but yeah no we also get into the coaching so i mean this isn't something we're going to talk about in the picks but andy we uh we get into the college coaching carousel that is going on right now in uh in football and how it could leak over into the nfl possibly with the arizona cardinal head coach cliff kingsbury it just it amazes me how these coaches go into places and will go into houses and tell you how committed they are and everything. And then the way that Brian Kelly just up and left Notre Dame, it's, it just, it, I get it's for the money, but do you, can you sit here and tell me that it's a better job that LSU is a better job? I don't know how LSU is a better job than Notre Dame. Notre Dame is, without question, the premier football coaching job in the country. Outside of Alabama. Sorry, let me rephrase that. It's arguably. Yes. The best football coaching job in the country. Outside outside of Alabama, Notre Dame is is up there. Yeah. I I mean, Nick Saban's not like that. That's the job, right? So when you talk about coaches leaving one job to go to another, Nick, there is no job on this planet right now that Nick Saban will leave Alabama to go to. Nick Saban would not leave Alabama to go coach Tom Brady in the NFL right now. He, I I could see him, if if it were ever a possibility, I could see him go to Notre Dame, but that's it. No, there's, uh, I mean, the, the job's open and he's not going. So it's not. I don't think it's a possibility ever. I, I don't think that is. I don't think that he will ever leave or he would ever leave that. That's I, and Notre Dame is that other job that you that you have that job. There is not another job out there that you should want to leave. No, I agree. Honestly, if he was going to go, if if Nick Saban was going to go anywhere, it'd be the Notre Dame. But he's not going to go anywhere. That's 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 only the point I was trying to make. Yeah, I just, I mean, that that just baffles me that he left. You you have uh, the coach of Oklahoma leaving to go to USC. That that also surprises me too. Weather Especially, performance, weather weather enhancement, happy wife. I I, I guess. I mean, right before you're about to go in the SEC and you can get paid there, like. Yeah. Joe, does Eli drink what's make ten million dollars a year? I don't know what his salary is. I mean, I know it's not I know it's obviously not ten million dollars <laughs> a year. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I do you think he makes three? I mean I, that's I, that is uh I mean that's you know, 
money that's out there that you could tell. He makes $3.9 million a year. Yeah, he Good made four him. this year, made 3.9 in uh, 2020. Okay. And uh, good, good for him. And the guy, who's the guy, what's his name, Lincoln? Lincoln Riley. You know what I think of when I hear the name Lincoln is, uh, oh, the guy from uh, Prison Break. Oh, yeah, Lincoln Burroughs. Lincoln Burroughs. <laughs> so, you, uh, so, so you have all these guys jumping. I just, it, it just shocks me that he left the Notre Dame job for there. So now Notre Dame's being run. Now Marcus Freeman, the head coach at Notre Dame, he's 35. Their offensive coordinator, former quarterback Tommy Reese, he's 29. Those are the two guys that are running Notre Dame football right now, 35 and 29. Uh, so, yeah, younger than uh, younger than me. I, I, I thought yeah. I had a few years. I mean, Ali Marmol is younger than me. I, I really thought that I, I had a few years left before this would start happening. Uh, but that's, that's just not the, uh, not the case. So yeah. And and, I claim, and yeah. It could be the first case for me too. Cause I think Mike Matheny was still a little bit older than me uh, when he took on the, uh, the Cardinals um, manager, uh, manager job. Um, Mike Schilt definitely was older than me. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a, a guy from Edwardsville who coached with uh, Jim Harbaugh at Michigan, Jimmy Doherty. I don't know where Jimmy is right now. I think Jimmy's coaching at USC right now. Who's that? Jimmy Doherty? I don't know. Uh, I'm not... He is the quarterback's coach at uh, Arizona. Okay. Probably definitely an up, probably an up and comer in uh, in the in the in the uh, college football coaching world. Been around for a long time. Started coaching. He played played in Missouri until uh, two thousand one. Uh, started coaching at Illinois Wesleyan, then went to San, Di- San Diego. Uh, spent three years in Washington, three years at San Jose State, uh, a year at Michigan, a year at UCLA, and now he's been or, sorry three years at uh, UCLA, and then uh, now uh, at Arizona for his first year so so i I, claims i'll get into this more on uh on monday's show so we will uh, we'll talk about it then on that but right now andy it is time week 13 of our picks let's do it and andy it is uh god standings here real close i'm putting them up on the screen for you to uh you see right now brian hoffman has taken over first place as Claves, uh, myself, and Frank Cusimano, one game back. Howard Richards sitting two games back of Hoffman. Andy, you're just three games back, and Ben Boyd four games back. This so, is uh, this Joe, is so what really, are really last close. Week, Joe? Four and uh, four and one. Is that what you went? I mean, that sounds right to me. I think you had a very good week last week. And, yeah. uh The four, the five games that we had. Andy, yeah. our picks each and every week brought to you by uh, Kevin Miller of Caldwell Banker Gundaker. Saw Kevin Miller uh, last uh, last week uh, looking good. Uh, he fed me pizza, so it was a uh, it was a good meeting with Kevin Miller. And also Thomas Trice of Trican Consulting. Saw I actually saw Thomas earlier this uh, this week too. So that was nice. Hey, Trican Consulting, leading pre-employment background investigation company in the metro area. They have more than 50 years of combined experience in uh, that your agency can be certain 
that when they can they hire a candidate they will be fully vetted you uh you know it costs a lot of money to hire a new employee uh, thousands of dollars in the long run so hiring an employee is the most expensive uh, cost to an organization. You don't want to trust anybody. Trikin Consulting is who you need to work with. They already work with 25 government agencies throughout the metro area, 15 law firms to assist them in the investigations, public, private, and government sector. Trikin Consulting is who you need. If you are a business and you are looking to uh, vet a new client, uh, find them online at trikin.net. T-R-I-K-E-N.net. Call my guy, Dr. Thomas Trice. Get in touch with him four of your needs all right andy here we go six games this week six games that could be utter freaking chaos and uh, already one of the people that sent their picks in is absolutely hoping for utter chaos and has done so with their picks andy i have put six games on here this week six Four of those well, are conference championship games. Yeah, it's, and it's a huge, huge, NFL games. huge college football weekend. Yeah. Yeah. It starts off on Saturday. Oh, these are all Saturday. I'm sorry. These are all Saturday games. Every one of them. Andy, first up on this uh, on this list on Saturday, which, by the way, all of the uh, all, all the FCS schools I'm putting on here this weekend as I'm as I'm looking through, no FBS. I'm sorry, I'm grabbing my like stats on here. Um, tomorrow night, Andy. By the way, there is a game. This isn't one of our games at Western Kentucky and San Antonio. That game is being played at the Alamo Dome. Ah, and, yeah. Where you're so, gonna be? That's where I'm gonna be. I haven't looked at what tickets uh, look like for uh, for that game. I'm not going to it. It's a six o'clock game, but I imagine there are going to be a lot of road runners uh, out on the streets going down there for the game probably would have been a lot more if they would have beat north texas last week but alas that's uh that's not the case so here are our games saturday games andy first one on the list number nine baylor number five oklahoma state uh kickoff noon eastern 11th central joe live from at&t stadium in uh in the beautiful arlington texas on ABC with Keith Jackson on the call. Uh, huge, huge. Um, what's that? I don't think Keith is on the call. Oh, Brent Musburger on the call. Uh, you know what? I, I actually was listening to Brent Musburger last Thursday on Thanksgiving calling the uh, Raiders game. He now does Raiders games. Oh, does he really? Yes. You are looking live. I mean, he, he, you know, Musburger moved to Vegas and the Raiders moved to Vegas. So he's like, hey, let me call your games. And they're like, okay. Right. Okay. You're, 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 you're Brent you can do whatever the hell you want. He was on the call. He's on the call with Lincoln Kennedy. Lincoln Kennedy, who I've booked before. I think, I, if I'm correct in this, I had to call the insurance agency that Lincoln Kennedy runs in California to book him for a radio show to talk football. <laughs> So anyway, yeah, number nine, Baylor, number five. So, Andy, right now as we sit here, I I should mention this too. You have number one going against number three. You have number two, uh, Michigan. They jumped up all the way to number two. And number six, Notre Dame, Andy, is without a coach. That's what we're looking at right now going into uh, this week. Number seven, Ohio State has two losses. They don't matter. Every other school has two losses. 
I mean, you're looking at the top six right now that have a chance at making this. And one of these top six teams is not playing. Another one of these top six teams is going to lose. Who you got? Baylor, Oklahoma State. Joe, I'm going to go. Boy, it looks like there's a lot of sharp money. Sorry, a lot of public money on Oklahoma State. I'm going to go Baylor. Andy, I'm going Baylor too. And uh, so is Brian Hoffman, where Brian Hoffman wants absolute utter chaos. He wants multiple two-loss team college football to make this just the most ridiculous Final Four ever. <laughs> and I'm for that. And Absolutely. that's kind of why I'm going with Baylor here. But I don't want to see this much chaos. Which brings me to the next game. Georgia versus Alabama. By the way, Ben and Frank both going Oklahoma State. Uh, Claves has not sent me his picks yet. Howard Richards took te- uh, emailed me earlier saying he was going to send me his picks and then hasn't. I saw that. He sent, he sent a big email out letting, him, letting everybody know what's going nah, on. He hit reply all on that? Yeah, he, he did. Okay. He can do that. It's fine. Yeah, he's Howard Richards. He can do whatever yeah. we want. Uh, All right, Georgia-Alabama. I, I think Georgia boat races Alabama in this game. I don't think Alabama is able to score much at all. I, I think this is going to be uh, just an absolute uh, – I think Georgia's going to run run away with this. Again, you know, it's going to be a lot of public money on Georgia, but I think, I think they're going to live up to the hype, and uh, they can uh, overtake the uh, Crimson Tide from Atlanta, Georgia, the SEC championship game on CBS – around a 3.30 kickoff on Saturday. Sounds about Vern, right. With Vern Lundquist on the call. Sounds right, yeah. No, no, Vern retired. Oh, okay. You're supposed to catch me on that kind of stuff, Joe. I, I didn't catch you on that one. I, I, sorry, I missed you on the Vern Lundquist. Sorry, my, my that, fault. That's okay. That's okay. Yeah. Joe, I'm going with your Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, yeah, that's everybody's going Georgia Bulldogs that has put in the uh, that's put it in so far. So that's uh, yeah, it, that's what we're uh, we're looking at for for this one. Georgia Bulldogs uh, sweeping the uh, the picks. Next up, this is where this is a big one. Number four, Cincinnati against Houston. Cincinnati ten point favorites in uh, in this game. For the is what is this the uh, America the Atlantic? Uh, I don't even know what conference yeah, is the this AAC is. conference. Okay, Joe. the American Athletic Conference. All right, yes, American Athletic. I believe formerly Conference USA. That's a, yeah, that's what I mean. A lot of these teams were Conference USA. Yes, since uh, since Houston lost to Texas Tech in the opener, the Cougars have been far and away the best team in the AAC and not named Cincinnati. The teams have combined to win 23 games since that opener and blow through conference play. While much has been written about Cincinnati's success, Houston has won four straight games by double digits, dating back to a 44-37 win over then number 19 SMU. It's a true heavyweight title fight. Joe, I'm going to go, um, boy, it's another tough one. Even the pundits are split. Uh, I'm going to go straight up Cincinnati. That's uh, what Ben and Frank and myself are all going to. I, I want to see Cincinnati run the table. I think Cincinnati has kind of been disrespected all year with their ranking. Uh, yeah. Still undefeated and ranked fourth. So they have to win if they, uh, I mean, otherwise they'll drop to like number 20 in the, uh, in the nation. 
Uh, because I mean, you look at Houston. Houston's ranked 21 in the uh, in the nation, and they haven't lost in they haven't lost since the opener. So, shows you what the uh, what they think of that conference. Ben and Frank also going Cincinnati. Hoffman wanting absolute chaos. He's going with Houston. I think the chaos starts with Cincinnati getting in because then there's no you can't keep Cincinnati out if they're undefeated. If no. Cincinnati's 13 and 0, you can't keep them out, and that's what I think causes chaos. Because if Alabama loses and has two losses, then it's you. I mean, then the committee they want to put Alabama in, but they can't justify putting Alabama in with two losses, with Georgia and Cincinnati both undefeated. I agree. Because I mean, the I get. I mean, that, because here here's where it stands. Here here's where the issue starts. Then. If Oklahoma State wins, they're 12 and 1. They're in. They jump Alabama. Notre Dame without playing this weekend. If Alabama loses, Alabama should fall behind Notre Dame. Cuz Notre Dame's only loss would be to 13 and 0 Cincinnati. So, an Alabama loss drops them down to number 6. At least to number 6. Out of the top four completely. I don't know if Michigan loses. I don't know what happens. I this, this is where all the chaos starts. So, basically, I think if Michigan loses, I think you get Georgia, Cincinnati, Notre Dame are your three that are in for good, for sure. Yes. I think if Oklahoma State wins, they're in. I just, there's so much that I just, yeah, there's so, I, I cannot wait to whatever the hell I'm doing around San Antonio on Saturday. I will make sure I have eyes on a TV somewhere. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, my entire Saturday is going to be comprised of, of Washington championship games. Yeah. So Michigan, Iowa, Andy, who you got? Joe, this might come as something of a surprise considering Michigan's history with, within both the big 10 and the history of college football. But this is Michigan's first Big Ten championship appearance. Uh, the first Big Ten championship was in 2011 and was played between Wisconsin and rival Michigan State. It was the first of three appearances for the Spartans. And Michigan is the eighth Big Ten team to reach the game. The Fighting Illini have never played in the game. Uh, so straight up, uh, everybody picks Michigan. I go Michigan. Um, ben and Frank both go Michigan in this one. Andy, I want chaos. Hoff wants chaos. We're both going Iowa in this game. You want too much chaos, Joe? I, I, I don't. He wants more than I do. But I, this is my, this is where I want my chaos. I want my chaos with Baylor winning, or with Oklahoma State losing. I should say, in Michigan losing. That's where I want my chaos. I, I don't. That I just because I mean I want so I want Notre Dame to get in there without a head coach because right. I think that would be chaotic. I want two undefeated teams, and then I I want them to have to figure out who is the best two loss team in the nation. That's that's what I would because I mean it would be between Alabama, Oklahoma State, Baylor, Ohio State. It's yeah. That's where that's where my chaos comes into all this. Okay. I really wish San Antonio was still undefeated, just just because then they could just say, "Hey, we're undefeated too." 
Right. And they say, go away. You're, you're San Antonio. Hey, uh, I should get, uh, you know what? If I see a decent price Roadrunners t-shirt this weekend, I'm getting it. If I see it on the side of the road as I'm on a scooter going around San Antonio, I'm buying it. You should. Yeah. You should. All right. And now the uh, the NFL games. Chargers at Bengals. Andy, who you got? The Chargers are trending in the wrong direction, Joe. The playoffs are beginning to appear over the horizon. This is not a good time to start falling apart offensively, especially when the defense can't get off the field unless it's following a touchdown by the opposition. The Chargers are allowing the fourth most points per game, but they get away with it sometimes because the offense can score and score consistently. They've won five of their last six by six points or less, and they've had to score 38 plus points to manage two of those victories. Things don't look good for the Chargers. Joe, I'm going with your Cincinnati Bengals. Andy, I'm going Chargers in this. Uh, Hoff, Ben, and Frank all go Bengals along with you. So uh, there must be something going on with my pick. Uh, being the lone wolf in this one so far. Still have uh, Howard and Klaibs' picks to come in before we uh, we get done with this. And then finally, Andy, the sixth game on the schedule this weekend. We are going with the Washington football team in Vegas against the Raiders. Brent Musburger is on this call. He is on this call. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Here's everything you need to know. Blah blah blah, and then it never shows anything. Well, you, you know what? You know what you need to know. Here's what you need to know. Tyler Henneke, a former Battle Hawks backup quarterback, has been uh, efficiently running the uh, things for the Washington football team and has put them in the hunt for the playoffs. Uh, that is why Brian Hoffman and myself are both going with the Washington football team. Ben and Frank going with the uh, the Raiders. Uh, I, Joe, I'm going to go with your Las Vegas Raiders. <sighs> that, that's uh, this one. I mean, this is a good uh, game between two uh, two teams that are in the playoff mix in each of their uh, each of their conferences. Nice late season action in uh, in this one. And hey, there you go. There's our picks for your NFL Week 13 College Football Conference Championship games here on Weekend Joe. Picks brought to you by Kevin Miller, Caldwell, Banker, Gundaker, and also uh, Triken Consulting, T-R-I-K-E-N.net. That's T-R-I-K-E-N.net, Triken Consulting. Andy, um, before we get out of here uh, and take a break and have Balzer, uh, interview with Balzer, and then you and I come back with our crack slippers, um, just quickly, um, hey, the folks out at Munganas, uh, Toys for Tots, is going on you, you heard it at the uh, at the top of the show and, and in fact let me just uh let, let let's have our uh, our, our friend kurt munganath tell you all about the toys for tots at st louis acura and alden toyota we are proud of our dedication to service and we continue to serve our community from now until december 12th bring a new unwrapped toy from marine corps reserve Toys for Tots to support 323 Marines who in 2020 collected toys for over 78,000 children. Drop off at either St. Louis Acura or Alden Toyota. St. Louis Acura and Alden Toyota becoming better than ever for you. There you go, and we will be out at Munganass Alton Toyota on 
December 13th, Klaibs and I will uh, will be out there, so you can come by and see us, and uh, possibly we will have some stuff to give away then, too, Andy. I, I'm, I am sitting here, I have sat here for the past hour recording this, and I am waiting for an email to confirm um, something I have to give away, a huge prize that I have to give away. So once I, uh, I, I get that, I, I mean, I know I'll have it by the end of today. Uh, but it doesn't look like I'll have it maybe by the end of this show that we record and put out there on Friday morning. Andy, we are going to take a break as we have done an hour of chatting here on Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura, Munganass Alton Toyota. Hey, our guy Howard Balzer is coming up next. And then Andy and I back with some crack slippers for you right here on Weekend Joe, only available right here on ClaibsOnline.com. This is Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura, right here on ClavesOnline.com. Hey, have you thought about uh, buying or selling your home here in St. Louis? Well, Kevin Miller with Caldwell Banker Gundaker, he can help you out in doing so. Been selling and buying homes for well, a few decades now. You can call him at 314-503-4999. That's 314-503-4999. That's Kevin Miller with Caldwell Banker Gundaker. Hey, welcome back into Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura, Munganass Alton Toyota here on ClaibsOnline.com. We are in the month of December. Football is starting to heat up, and we actually have some football news here out of St. Louis. So who better to bring on to the show than our good friend Howard Walter, the H-Man. What's going on, H? How's uh, Arizona? Everything's good, Joe. Everything is good. Weather, of course, is glorious, although I hear the weather is going to be pretty good in St. Louis, as as we always experience now and then. It kind of teases everybody with good weather in December and January and all that before it gets bad. But yeah, enjoying it and, and enjoying covering a pretty good football team, obviously. I was going to say, I mean, after all of the, the decade of Rams bullshit that you put up with... <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the final the final years they were here and then you you go and you make the trek out to the desert and your first you know last year was an anomaly of a season for what you were able to do but this year you know fans in the stadium you're getting to cover a really good Arizona Cardinal team best record in the NFL but when you talk to people about who are the best teams in the NFL it seems like the Arizona Cardinals are uh, not brought up all that often no, they aren't. I mean, there's a lot of people who believe in them. I, mean, I look at the power rankings and there's people who have number one. There's people having two. There's people having three. I, I think overall, understandably, I think that there's some people that want to say, OK, let, let's prove it. You know, let's still prove it down the stretch. I mean, last year they were six and three, certainly not nine and two, but they were six and three and looked to be in great shape and then didn't finish the season. Only won two of their last seven games. So I think there's sort of a prove it factor there. But I'll tell you what's what's ironic about it, Joe, is, hey, I, I remember 99 and with the Rams and talking to some of my colleagues in the media. And there was and, and that's a team that finished 13 and three, probably would have been 14 and two if they needed the final game of the regular season. And there were still some people who didn't really believe the Rams. They, oh, they're, oh, I don't know about it. And I remember getting into a long debate well, actually, with John Clayton, who have some, well, I don't, I don't really think the Rams are that good, and this and that. And I say, well, I'm telling you, man, I'm telling you, I watched them every game 
this team is not not only explosive on offense, but they're underrated on defense. You know, a lot of people forget that that year, the uh, the Rams had eight. Def- they scored eight defensive touchdowns uh, that year. So they were they had they were and they were good on special teams <clears throat> too. They had three special teams touchdowns. So there were people back then who kind of didn't believe in them until they proved it in the playoffs. And I think probably that's what the Cardinals that will truly have to do. Uh, to make people believers, although you would think that the last three games without Kyler Murray, without DeAndre Hopkins, without a couple starters on the offensive line, and without J.J. Watt, they won two They won two or three games with Colt McCoy at quarterback. So you would think that would show that this team <clears throat> is pretty good. But eh, some people take a little while to believe. So uh, the Cardinals, they don't pay attention to all that. They just go out there and play every week. How does this happen every year, though, in the NFL of, of all sports? Because I remember last year, remember the Pittsburgh Steelers were the last team to lose a game yeah. last season. And the whole time people, ah, you know what? They're not that good. They're not that good. They're not that good. And OK, in the end, yeah, they ended up not being they had injuries riddle them at the end of the season. But still, the whole time it was ah, these teams are all better than the Steelers, but they had the best record in the NFL. So why is this something that seems to be so common in this sport? That's a good question. And, and maybe it's, you know, again, people want to be proved that a team is really good. Maybe it's like that whole knock them off the pedestal uh, attitude that sometimes there is with a team that's looking really good, but they're kind of newcomers to the dance, if you will. I mean, you know, no one would say that about, obviously, about the Packers uh, because they've got Aaron Rodgers at quarterback and they have a proven guy. They wouldn't say it about the Buccaneers. Because uh, they have they have Tom Brady, even though you know Tampa Bay has been a little bit inconsistent. So I, I like I said, I think it's when someone is is making a move that wasn't expected to the level it is. I mean, I think a lot of people thought the Cardinals would be better, would be an improved team, but they still had to prove it. But let's remember too, prior to the season, Cliff Kingsbury was on the list of maybe top three, top five coaches most likely to be fired. Now. There's stories about Oklahoma wanting to come after him, and he's one of the top three, four, five candidates for for coach of the year. So that just shows uh, what you know what can happen. But you know, like I said, I, I think I think there's some who just want to be contrarians, want to knock someone off the pedestal, want to find something wrong uh, with teams. And this is not a perfect team by any stretch, but there are none in the NFL. I, I think when you look at the top teams in both conferences. People ask me all the time, are the Cardinals the best team? Well, I don't know. They have the best record right now, but who's the best team? I don't know if anybody can really say uh, because I think it's that close between most of the <clears throat> most of the teams in both conferences with the best records. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it seems like it does change every week. Uh, for a while, it seemed like it was going to be the Bills, but then they slip up. Then it's the Titans on their run, and then they've lost their last two. And the, the Packers, with all of their issues, it, it really is – Hard to tell, but let's let's circle back to Cliff Kingsbury because the the big story right now is everything the coaching carousel with Brian Kelly going down to LSU and now a job open at Notre Dame and Lincoln Riley going out to LA. So that so you have Notre Dame and Oklahoma, two of the biggest programs in college football with job openings, with a name like Cliff Kingsbury out there. I get why college is more attractive than the pros with the control that you have. So is a young coach like Cliff Kingsbury tempted to, to make that jump in the middle of a season like what he's having right now? Well, the interesting thing about that is he is 
professed often about how he likes the pro game better uh, because it's 24 seven football. You're not worrying about kids in class and school and all those other things. And, and obviously you don't have a turnover in a program with, with players leaving after three, four years, whatever it might be. So he's always said he loves, he loves the NFL game better than college. And the irony Joe is that, you know, they were on their bye last week, but the week before that, there was a lot of, a discussion about his relationship with Kyler Murray. And he was saying, I, I think we're tied together. And, and Murray said the same thing. I, I said, uh, you know, I think we, we can be together for a long time and do a lot of really good things. And, and I think Kingsbury believes that. I think he won't refute the rumors because they were probably put out there by his agent because he's has one year and an option left on his contract. And so I'm sure a lot of it was fueled uh, by that, but I don't know. There's not many people who think he's going to leave. And the funny thing is, I mean, that whole thing broke on Sunday. So I was looking at some stories around the internet today and it seemed sort of about four or five different stories. And I know it's all speculation with different candidates for the Oklahoma job and Cliff Kingsbury wasn't even mentioned in any of them. So that just shows that no one really believes this to, to have a chance. The only thing that might open a guy's eyes is the money being thrown around to some of these, to some of these coaches with, with the Lincoln Riley deal, heck with the Tucker deal, you know, that he got with from Michigan state. I mean, some of this money is crazy and most entry level guys in the NFL don't make a tremendous amount of money for their first four or five years, depending on how long the contract is. So I'm pretty confident if he, if he finishes the deal and I, when I say finishes the deal, I'm not saying win a championship, but he, they, this team finishes the deal, wins the division, is in the playoffs, maybe wins a game or who knows. I mean, you're playing the best teams when you get in the playoffs. I'm fairly fairly certain that he's going to end up with a contract extension after the season. And they have to deal with Kyler Murray uh, with a new contract too, probably coming up next offseason. H, you've been covering the NFL and football as a whole for for over forty years um, now. Are we going on fifty years? Are we are we at the fifty yet? Or it, I'm not at fifty, but it's 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 about halfway between forty and fifty. So okay, pretty, pretty soon I'm going to be on the back end of those <laughs> of that, of that forty years. And All right, so approaching so 50. what what year into this job did you realize that you can't believe anything that a coach or an owner says? <laughs> Oh, I don't know. That's a great question. I, I, I don't know if there was one light bulb moment where I said, <laughs> you, you can't trust these guys because a lot of the time in the kind of early on uh, when I was covering the league, but I was at the sporting news and I was more quote national. And, and even though in St. Louis, I, you know, certainly followed Cardinals closely, but I wasn't there every day and seeing everything that was said and all these and all those things. But you, you could tell pretty, pretty quickly that coaches are only going to tell you know, say certain things. Now it's gotten worse. I don't think there's any <laughs> doubt only, only because there's so much media and yeah. there's so much internet stuff and social media and, and all those things. I mean, I, I remember when you talk about telling the truth, I remember a classic NFL draft story. And I think it was either 1981 or 1982 for the draft on ESPN and Paul Zimmerman, the Packers, drafted Rich Campbell, a quarterback from Cal, I think it was sixth overall in the first round. And they, and 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 Dr. Z, Paul Zimmerman Sports Illustrated, is on the set in New York, and the cameras go back there, and he says, I'm never talking to the Packers again. They lied to me. 
He actually said that on the air because someone, whoever he talked to at the Packers in the front office, told him they were not interested in and would not draft Rich Campbell in the first round. And But it, it, it was on TV. I'm sure he had been accustomed in previous years doing his mock draft and doing his scouting stuff, and he wouldn't name sources, obviously. But most everyone told him the truth of what they really felt about players. Well, once it becomes so public like that, everybody becomes guarded and most of the time doesn't tell the truth. And, and now for the most part, everyone talks around it. And, you know, it's not like they don't, it's not like they lie. Maybe sometimes they do, but it's not like they lie. They just tell the truth as it exists that moment. And, and so that, that's just basically the way it is. But like I said, I think it's gotten a whole lot worse over the years because of the pro- proliferation of how much media there is and how one thing you say can just blow up into uh, craziness. And that, you know, whenever you, you guys get a chance to ask Kingsbury about the Oklahoma job, I'm sure everything he says will be taken with a grain of salt. But I asked that more because of what we just witnessed here in St. Louis as the, uh, the Rams, <laughs> uh, the Rams lawsuit, the St. Louis lawsuit has come to an end last Wednesday, $790 million uh, settlement being, uh, being given to the city of St. Louis. Did you ever expect this to make it to trial in January? No, never thought it would. Never thought. Did you it think would. it would end as early as it did then? No, I didn't think it would end that early. I thought it'd probably be a lot closer to when they went to trial. Uh, but I, ne- I, I never thought it would be settled. I mean, I never thought it would go to trial. I always thought it would be settled because the NFL was dead set on having all this, all the we talk about lies and deceit. And mischaracterizations, you know, all of those things tied into one. All the things that the NFL and the Rams did during the process, they didn't want it in an open courtroom. And that's that's right. why they fought so hard to keep it out of court and not have it be decided uh, by a jury, to have it done by arbitration. Heck, they tried to get it to the Supreme Court. So you knew they didn't want to get it that far. But no, I, I didn't think it would be settled this early. And I frankly thought the settlement would be would be a bit more, but you know, probably unless there was some hidden agreement that was done behind the scenes to say to, you know, to, to St. Louis, Hey, play ball with us on here, you know, with this, you know, we'll look kindly on you in the future. And it, it, it just seems weird that they settled for what they did that early. And maybe someone said, Hey, this is our offer today. And if we, and if you don't agree to it today, then it's not going to be there in a month. Well, who would believe that? You know, right. if they're willing to pay that today, what would they be willing to pay on January 2nd, a week before trial or whatever it would be? So, yeah, I, I thought it would be more. But, you know, I, I don't know if in the whole expansion team deal that 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 was certainly fueled by just rumor and speculation and, and all those things. It, it, it appears that that was never a realistic result, that the only way that that could have even had a possibility of happening was that if there if it did go to trial and then there was a 3 4 billion dollar award then all of a sudden maybe something like that uh, could have happened but if the league can get away with paying 790 million then they're ha- they're they're thrilled with it i mean they're absolutely thrilled with it think of it in this term now we don't know yet how the money's going to be split how much Cronky is going to be responsible for will it be split 32 ways but whatever it is Let's just say it's 32 ways. Do the math. That's 25. That's about $25 million 
per team. That's the cost of one veteran free agent who's a really good player in, in the offseason. One, one, you know, heck, the first pick in the draft, I believe, gets around a 15 or a $16 million signing bonus, and they haven't even played it down. And so that, that, that money per team is like nothing uh, to these owners. And so they, they definitely got off easy. And I think, you know, that's the big question why it was settled. But I'm sure they figured, hey, take what's offered now. If it does go to trial, who knows if you win or not. And even if you do win, the NFL can delay and delay and delay with, with appeals. And so I'm, I'm sure that was probably a big part uh, of the decision. And I think the mayor in, in, in the city and the county executive, I don't know how keen they were on, on having an expansion team. I, I really don't. I, I think they prefer to have the money. Now, now we have to trust them to do the right thing with that money. And that's going to be an interesting, uh, interesting process to follow. So, in the, I mean, that still is a lot of money. Uh, yeah. When you look back at, you know, everything that played out the last time the NFL was in this situation, I mean, you're you're still talking over three quarters of a billion dollars for uh, awarded to the city over this, which shows, you know, I, I guess, which admits guilt by the Rams, by the NFL for the way they handled things to just write this and make it go away. So. In the end, do you consider this a victory for St. Louis? Can they, can they, the city feel good about what they accomplished there in this lawsuit? On that level, you can absolutely, but you still go back to the whole, the whole notion is that if the league had done the right thing, then St. Louis would still have a football team. And that's the one thing that can't be overlooked in all this is that St. Louis, as I've always believed, felt was collateral damage for the league wanting Stan Kroenke's money in LA to build the palace and build everything around it and all those things. And they didn't care if St. Louis was collateral damage. They didn't care that they were taking a team out of, you know, a pretty strong sports market and a very good, excellent football market. And so that's the bad, the bad feeling in it is that they never should have lost this team. And, and so, but you can feel good that you brought the NFL uh, to its knees and forced them to settle for pretty decent amount of money. Now, obviously the attorneys are going to get a big chunk of that and it's going to be somewhere around a little over 500 million for the city and County and figure out what they're going to do with it. But by, by doing what they did, they, they definitely brought the NFL to its knees, but you know, you kept hearing all along, Joe, that, the the city and certainly the attorneys wanted to go to trial just to be able to show the world all all the things that happened behind the scenes and now now you have the situation where and i know the post dispatch is going to try to get a lot of the documents and they've gotten some of them but part of the agreement was that all the documents would be destroyed and so that that's so nfl i mean let, let's let, let, let's remember <laughs> spygate and the patriots and all the tapes that, that they discovered, that the league discovered, the Patriots had going back years and years. And who knows if there were some tapes in there of the Rams before Super Bowl 36. And what happened? They slapped, you know, they slapped the wrist of the Patriots and Bill Belichick and destroyed the tapes. So that's what they love to do. They, they don't want anybody to see the evidence in things that are going to make them look bad. So this is obviously this is the way they do business. And I, I think a lot of people have noticed that and seen it even if they don't know a lot of the details that many of us know with how, how the Rams and the league acted in this entire process. 
We're about uh, 10 weeks away from the uh, the Super Bowl uh, H, where that that week, Roger Goodell will have his State of the NFL meeting that I know that you, uh, you tried <laughs> to attend and talk to. If you were given the opportunity to ask a question during that, would you ask a question about the way the lawsuit with St. Louis played out? Yeah, I probably, I probably would. I'd have to figure out how I want to, how I, what question I want to ask because you only get one and how you want to frame it. But I will say this. I had a, a private conversation with Roger Goodell at the hall, at the pro football hall of fame. I want to say three or four years ago. And it was just me and him in this room waiting for this luncheon to start. And we were talking about this and talking about that. And then I brought up, you know, St. Louis and I, and I said, you know, that, that just wasn't right, Roger. I mean, what, what happened, what happened there, it just wasn't handled very well. And, and then he actually said to me, he said, there, there, there could be things that could be criticized on both sides. So he was still going to maintain that St. Louis did wrong, whatever, whatever that could be. I don't think St. Louis did anything wrong uh, in that, but he did acknowledge that there were some wrong things done on the other side. Obviously he's never going to admit that publicly, but he did say that uh, pro- privately. But it's, you know, I guess the, the question I would probably ask if I had the opportunity is, why did the league felt feel necessary to have St. Louis be collateral damage to wanting Stan Kroenke's money in L.A. so much that this, this market should not have lost an NFL team? I'd be very interested to hear his response uh, to that. And it's, at some day, I will, I will have the opportunity to ask him even if it is privately. Were you happy with the national coverage that, that everything was getting towards the end there? Because it was picking up steam as opposed to two months ago where I, nobody even knew that it was going on. No, exactly. And, and I, I still don't think it was covered very much nationally. And the funny thing to me is that pro football talk with Mike Florio all of a sudden was acting, as he often does, acting like the the, the – the arbiter of moral police was talking about how the national media hasn't covered this and haven't, haven't written about it. Well, he didn't either. He hardly, he, he hardly ignored it. I'm not, I mean, he hardly covered it until the last few months. So he did, but I didn't see a whole lot nationally on it. And in terms of other outlets, whether it was, whether it was the New York times or Washington post or any big, big national places, but here's the thing about it. Right after the move happened, I had put together a timeline on everything that happened with this after Stan Kroenke gained control of the team in April of 2010. And I put a timeline together that also then at points included quotes from Demoff, from Kroenke, and just spelled out the whole corrupt nature of this process. And I sent it to a bunch of my colleagues in the national media, and I sent it to Mike Florio, and I sent it to Peter King. And I sent it to several others. And they basically not, not only ignored it and didn't do anything on it, they never even responded to my email. And so that's, that, you know, they, they didn't want to touch it. And I'm sure to a degree they probably felt that, well, St. Louis feels wronged in this, but no one else cares around the country. You know, the, the people in Green Bay, the people in Cincinnati, the people in Dallas, wherever it is, do they really care uh, what happened in St. Louis? Maybe not. Maybe they'd care if it happened to their team, obviously. Right. But they, they probably didn't care all that much. So, no. Then, then, but it, it was just interesting to me to see Mike Florio call out the national media when he, he didn't cover – he you know, he, he barely, barely wrote anything on it for 
you know, four or five years until just the last few months. And that Those was my thing when, when I was, you know, when people would kind of catch wind of it and ask me, like people in the national media that would catch wind of it and they would ask me like, why, you know, why isn't it being covered? I'm like, you know what? People don't care. Like if you're a Cowboys fan, why should you care what's going on between the Rams and the city of St. Louis now, if Jerry Jones had to get up there and testify and his emails and his books and everything were leaked, then yeah, then maybe you start to pay a little more attention. But nothing that was going to happen in that lawsuit was going to affect how any any on-field you know, operations for any of the 32 NFL teams. So, and that's why I don't think anybody really cared about it nationally. No, I, th- I think that's right. And, you know, I, I actually, too, at one point sent note, sent a note to and they weren't they weren't going to do something during the lawsuit. I wonder if maybe now that it's over, someone will. But I had sent notes to people I knew at ESPN, which I never was expecting because obviously they're uh, they're a partner with the NFL. But I also sent it to HBO because uh, a lot of time I'd had a, a new guy there that that handles a lot of the documentaries that they do and they do an excellent job on a lot of them. And I, I put it out there and he, he, he just came back and said, this isn't something, you know, it's an intriguing story, but it's not something that we would really, you know, have interest in. And so people just didn't, didn't want, didn't want to, you know, touch it. Now, you know, it would be great. It would be a great ESPN 30 by 30, but yeah. does anybody ever expect that to truly happen? Probably not. And, you know, and he, even Seth Wickersham, who's written, you know, done a lot of great reporting on a lot of things associated with it, with the with the Cronky story from several weeks ago, and all those things. But I mean, heck, he he could he could probably find out a whole lot if he wanted to. And and I've communicated with him about it, and he hasn't done anything. Maybe now it'll change, but I kind of doubt it. Well, H, you have a few weeks left of the regular season down there in Arizona before a playoff push for the uh, for the Cardinals. What uh, are, are you are you going to be able to get on the road at all for the for the playoffs? Are you are, are you expected on on doing that, or are you just fine doing the home games there in uh, yeah. in Arizona? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty I'm fine doing the home games. I guess it would depend if they had a road game. Where would it be? in terms in terms of the travel certainly if they can end up winning the division and even if they don't get the number one seed if they get the number two seed if they would win their first game then they'd be home for a second game and then they could possibly be on the road uh, for an nfc championship game that would kind of be cool to if it was in green bay to go there but man i don't know uh that's uh yeah, I, I've gotten too accustomed, I think, to the Arizona weather to chance going to Green Bay in January. So, <laughs> but but you've I don't been know, spoiled. You know. uh, you've been spoiled with domes all these uh, all these years of your football coverage. Absolutely, absolutely. So you know, and, and any other team that they might play on the road, I mean, it would it, w- it would be one of the teams that would be a division winner. And so could that, that could be Dallas, it could be Tampa. I mean, yeah, Tampa wouldn't be a, a bad spot to go. But I, I might consider it. We'll see. But I'll, I'll probably just end up. Uh, you know, I'll tell you one thing. There's, there's, there's certain things that are better about watching on TV than being there, and especially where we, where we are in the press box, at, at Cardinals games, is, is basically in the corner of the end zone, and we, it's, it's a better view watching on the jumbotron, even though the jumbotron is clear across the stadium in the other end zone, it's sometimes a better view seeing, watch seeing that than actually watching the play on the field because we're so high and it's, it's, it's pretty far 
uh, from the action. So in a lot of ways, it's it's pretty good to watch uh, on TV. And so uh, you, you get a little little different perspective. Of course, the flip side of it being there, you get to participate in the interviews post game and all those things. So that's that, that's always important. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see when it gets to the postseason, assuming they're there and uh, see how how that road uh, how that road leads for them. I know this will be the uh, the last time you and I talk on air until the uh, until we're together in uh, in Los Angeles. So I want right now. So here we sit. December first is when we're recording this, Howard. I Uh-oh. want to know who are your top. Give me your top five teams in the NFL right now. Oh, okay. Uh, that, that that's fair enough. I, I'm I'm going to say certainly the Cardinals in Green Bay, and then after that, I'll tell you. I'm I'm going to say Kansas City. I think they're on the way back now. And I think they're going to continue winning and have one of the better records in the AFC. And I'm going to say the Patriots. I mean, the, the way they're now granted, you have to have a lot of faith in Mac Jones as the games get more important. And it's his first experience with big games in the NFL, obviously coming down the stretch of a season, much less in the playoffs, but man, he just seems so poised and, and obviously so well coached that it certainly looks like uh, he can handle it. Uh, you know, the Rams, I thought going in that they weren't going to be as good as a lot of people thought they would be. You know, Tampa Bay is always dangerous. They got to get some of their injured players back. So they're probably in there. So how many, so I'm going to go Arizona, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, Kansas City, and New England. And maybe a wild quote wild card would be Buffalo and Baltimore, but they've just been, so inconsistent that I'm not so sure that they're going to hold up when it gets to the postseason. But they're they're pretty close, I think, to that top five. We get is it Buffalo and New England this weekend, right? Yes, is that, Monday uh, night. Monday oh. night. Yeah, the Bills and the Patriots play twice in the okay. final six games of the season. So that obviously should, that's that should easily, say a lot. Yeah, I was going to say that'll clear up that top five and let you know who sits in there with uh, yeah. with those two games. Definitely. All right. All right, H. It's uh, it's been fun catching up, talking uh, talking football with you. I know you and I will talk more in the uh, the weeks to come, but look forward to seeing what the NFL landscape looks like the next time you and I talk on the air, as we will be uh, will be coming to people from Los Angeles. So looking forward to that, Howard. Talk to you very soon. Yep, hope, hope, looking forward to that, and uh, happy holiday to you and uh, and this great holiday season to you and everyone out there in uh, Klabe's online world. Thank you very much, Howard. Happy Hanukkah to you as uh, as well this uh, this week, and uh, catch up very soon. Thank you. Take care. You're listening to Weekend Joe here on ClabesOnline.com, sponsored by Collinsville Auto Body. Collinsville Auto Body is at 911 North Bluff Road in Collinsville. And, hey, they will work with most insurance providers to get you back on the road fast. If you're in a collision with a deer or anything else, uh, Collinsville Auto Body will help you out, as I can speak to from past experience. Plus, I've known the family that's owned Collinsville Auto Body for at least the past 20 years now, maybe even longer. And I can tell you that it's good people doing great work at Collinsville Auto Body. 911 North Bluff Road in Collinsville. Another fine sponsor here of Weekend Joe. Hey, final segment here, Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura. Munganass Alton Toyota here on Klabes Online. 
www.stlouisacura.com. Hey, it's uh, their website. It's easy to remember. It's stlouisacura.com. And it's altontoyota.com, two of the uh, most loyal sponsors that we have here on Claves Online and two of the most loyal sponsors that I've had in uh, damn near 12 years. God, I'm going to be going. on uh, Andy, I, I believe uh, 2022 is going to be year 13 of me being in the, uh, in the St. Louis market. I started all the way back in 2009. So we're going on year 13 of me doing this in uh, in St. Louis. Uh, pretty crazy to uh, to think it has been that uh, that long. Andy, we uh, as we uh, keep rolling on here for the uh, for the show, busy busy crack slippers that we have coming up. So if you could do the honors, Joe, some stories just aren't meant to hit the mainstream news. We pick those stories up here on Weekend Joe. These are the crack slippers with Joe Roderick. On claimsonline.com. Andy, before uh, I get into uh, to my two high school related crack slippers, um, Andy, uh, I, I wanted to get into this at the beginning of the show, but I, I thought maybe I'd let you talk a little bit about any crack slippers. Uh, Tiger Woods had his first press, uh, first interview since his car accident this uh, this past week, and then. There were pictures of him out on the course hitting uh hitting some golf balls, damn near two hundred golf balls. Two hundred. Uh, he was he had a two hundred ball bucket out there. Right, but he, he's not he's not really trying to uh, make a comeback, uh, no. according to him. No, no, no. What were your thoughts on the Tiger Wood interview? Uh, I had heard that he had been doing well from uh, from my sources, uh, Instagram, and. Uh, I was very, very, very excited to, uh, <laughs> to see him, you know, be do an interview with Golf Digest and uh, and and kind of update everybody else. But yeah, it's, it's really, really exciting to uh, see him back on the driving range. And I believe he's going to be in Bermuda uh, this weekend for the uh, for the tournament out there. I think it benefits his organization. I I I am not going to sit. I mean, we we know what he went through. I mean, he almost lost a leg in this. What okay, so we are coming up on the 2022 season. Andy, I'm not asking about wins and losses, not not gonna go that far. Andy, when will Tiger Woods compete in one of golf's majors? I don't think this year. I don't think the upcoming I think I think it's gonna be 2023. And uh, you know what? I, I I'd be fine with that. Yeah, I don't. If if anything, he might play. I can't see him playing Augusta because the walk, the walk is just brutal, especially yeah. for somebody who has a a leg that's only at sixty percent or seventy percent, whatever he said it was. Um, actually, no, he said he wasn't even halfway. Right. So even being under fifty, so I don't see him making that walk. Um, I. I can't see it at all this year. I really can't. I um, I I I, I mean, obviously, this go this isn't you know some sort of groundbreaking thing I'm about to say. He can sit out there and he can hit 200 golf balls. What's going to what what's going to really um, I mean, show if he can play or not is being able to walk a course four days in a row. Right. More, I mean, really more than that, when you talk about practice rounds and everything else that he has to do yeah. for that, I, that's, 
putting that amount of steps on your legs is going to do a lot more than swing after swing after swing. That's correct. So he can sit there on a range all day because he's yeah. not he's not walking anywhere. Right. So that's going to be what you know what, what's going to determine how good of a golfer he can end up being. So that's uh, you know what hey it's fun to have him talking about uh, when, when you talk about one of the greatest of all times. Um, Tiger Woods is definitely up there uh, along with these other two. Andy, I have two stories. Two guys that can be considered some of the greatest of all times that have had run-ins with high school athletes. First on the list, one of my favorite baseball players to watch, and I'm so happy I got to see him play once in person, Ichiro. He's been retired for a few years. Probably one of the, Andy, I'm going to say one of the top five greatest hitters of all time in baseball. One of the top five greatest hitters in all of baseball. I will put him up there. I mean, definitely top three of people that I have seen. I mean, Pujols, Ichiro. That that might be the top two hitters that I have seen all time. Yeah. I saw Tony Gwynn play too, Joe. I don't remember if I've seen Tony Gwynn play. So that's why I can't throw. I saw Eric Davis play. Uh, saw Mike Schmidt play. Um, nothing. I mean, nothing was like Albert. Nothing. Yeah. But watching Tony Gwen taking that bat uh, at Bush Stadium in St. Louis was, was I saw him several times. Uh, it was it was always a, something I really really enjoyed every time we got to see it. So the uh, so so Ichiro is a special assistant to the chairman of the Mariners now. He makes appearances throwing batting practice or catching bullpens or just hitting. Uh, but back in January, a few students from a high school in Japan wrote a letter to Ichiro asking him to be a guest instructor at one of their practices. Okay. On Monday, Ichiro showed up. Really? He said, the letter oozes with your passion. He said, I have put it in a drawer where I keep important things and I will treasure it. He laced up his spikes. He threw on some warm-up gear and he proceeded to hit home runs off a building across the streets. (laughs) The Twitter account Hot R Baseball, H-O-T-R Baseball, has video of of him taking batting practice. You can hear... The oohs and ahs of the teenagers watching Ichiro do this. Uh, so uh, yeah, but he wasn't done with any with it after that. He he then started to give them tips uh, on how to uh, on how to hit. Uh, it does say that Ichiro plans on visiting two more schools in Japan before the end of the year. So I'm going to tell you if you're a high school in the Seattle area. Yep. I'd be writing Ichiro a letter. I would too. See if you can make that happen. And finally, Andy, have you ever texted a wrong number? Uh, I have, it, Joe. Yeah, you, you text it and it's, you know, new phone, who dis? You know, and oh, sorry, got, got the wrong number. Well, apparently, members of a boys freshman basketball team at Notre Dame Prep found themselves FaceTiming Tom Brady. 
No way. After, after one teammate inadvertently entered the wrong number in their group text. No way. <laughs> it began when one of the players started a group text for the freshman boys basketball team about upcoming practices. He messed up one digit for one of the teammates. Now, Tom Brady from Michigan. So has a Michigan number. I remember he has destroyed cell phones in the past too. So uh, you you never know what number you're getting. So somebody responded back. Did you mean to add me to this group? Uh, Turns out it wasn't actually Tom Brady. It was Tampa Bay Buccaneers cornerback, Sean Murphy Bunting, who also is from Michigan. Right. That would explain, I guess, the same area code. The guy replies, this is Sean. Do you know who I am? They thought it was their teammate messing with them. After some back and forth, he wrote, this is at Sean Bunting. Put his put his Twitter handle in there. Right. And sends a selfie from the Buccaneers locker room. Of course he did. The guys were still convinced that they were being pranked. Some of them thought it was their buddy joking around. That's when Sean Murphy Bunting FaceTimed them. While hanging out with teammates Leonard Fournette, Mike Evans, Richard Sherman, Rob Gronkowski, and Tom Brady. Yeah. Besides guys in the uh, group text asking certain players for big weeks or their fantasy teams, they then said, we want to see the GOAT. (laughs) (laughs) Leonard Fournette stayed on and talked to them for 10 minutes. Really? While Tom Brady was finishing up meetings. (laughs) And then finally, Tom Brady showed up on the screen and said, what up, fellas? (laughs) I love it. <laughs> that is really, really cool of <laughs> of those guys to do this, and the the screen share, the screenshots of it are yes. great because I, I mean it's a bunch of fourteen, fifteen year old boys who <laughs> are just in a FaceTime with the Super Bowl champions. Oh, Uh-oh. it's a. Yeah, it's a really, really good, heartfelt story. Uh, it's good that those guys had fun with it. Uh, and they, they, so they can't believe they took the time to entertain them. Uh, they all had a good time laughing at the fact that, you know, they got added to a freshman basketball team group chat. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, it's really, really funny. Oh, they're good crack slippers this week. I like that. I like when we have some feel good stories in, uh, in these crack slippers. And that's a, a good way to wrap things up here on the uh, on the show. Andy, next week, big week, big week on the show. Have you secured the items? No, I have not. I'm going to go get them this weekend. You know where to find them. I do. All right. I'm going to go crawl around and find them anywhere I can. Well, we will. Uh, yeah, we will. Um, be eating the uh, what? What? It's the uh, Chris uh, ice cream next week. Yeah, little Debbie Christmas tree cake ice cream. Yeah, we will. Uh, so we have that next week. We are going to be getting together. We are going to be doing it, doing the show together. 
and we um so yeah we'll be uh eating those on the uh on the air or on the show and giving our thoughts on on that so yep. a a big show planned for next uh next week that's going to do it for us today though here on weekend joe we are driven each and every week by the folks at munganass st louis acura munganass alton toyota as uh, he is Andy Hanselman, I am Joe Roderick. We will talk to you next week right here, ClavesOnline.com. At St. Louis Acura and Alden Toyota, we are proud of our dedication to service, and we continue to serve our community. From now until December 12th, bring a new unwrapped toy from Marine Corps Reserve, Toys for Tots, to support 323 Marines, who in 2020 collected toys for over 78,000 children. Drop off at either St. Louis Acura or Alden Toyota. St. Louis Acura and Alden Toyota becoming better than ever for you.